Support for WAER Original Podcasts comes from California Closets of Syracuse, located in DeWitt. California Closets can help you get your entire home organized with custom design storage solutions for the home office, kitchen pantry, closets, and more. Online at californiaclosets.com. For many, the word Sundance conjures up images of celebrities on skis, indie film releases, and early Oscar buzz. And indeed, the Sundance Film Festival is one of the world's most important cultural events, hosting the premieres of movies like Moonstruck, The Usual Suspects, Precious, Get Out, and Call Me By Your Name. In fact, in 2022, the Oscar winners for Best Picture and Best Documentary, Coda and the Summer of Soul, were both past winners of the Sundance Film Festival's Grand Jury Prize. Now, while all that is very impressive, the Sundance Film Festival is just the tip of the iceberg of the Sundance Institute's work to foster innovative and independent storytelling. Sundance's artist programs involves labs, fellowships, grants, and various support programs to help new and established filmmakers and storytellers develop their craft and help shape our culture. I'm Kendall Phillips, and this episode of Pop Life begins a special two-part series on the role of the Sundance Institute in supporting and shaping popular culture. My guest for this episode is the amazing Michelle Satter. Michelle is the founding senior director of the artist programs at the Sundance Institute and has been one of the chief architects of Sundance's programming since 1981. She has been hailed as the fairy godmother of independent cinema, and my friend Bonnie Kybers has called her the heart and soul of Sundance. Michelle, welcome to Pop Life. Great to be here with you, Kendall, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. Well, we were so honored to have you join us, and I wonder if we can start with what I think is probably true for a lot of listeners. When they hear Sundance, they think film festival that they don't really have any sense of the broader scope of programming. So could you give us a sense of sort of the scope of what the Sundance Institute is up to? Well, the festival is obviously very important to us. Um, it's, you know, it's our, since our public uh, square for, hmm. you know, for conversations um, that are going on in the culture and really stimulating that and also, you know, the work of showcasing an extraordinary group of films that are, that are made each year. Uh, but my work involves the year-round artist support program, uh, and it is robust. Uh, we're supporting, you know, over, you know, through the festival and through our programs, which you mentioned, our labs, our granting, our fellowships, you know, our year-round, uh, you know, career uh, strategies and professional development program for artists. We're supporting over a thousand artists a year. Um, so it's a big piece of the work that we do, and we invest uh, in storytellers. We invest in independent voices and really help them um, through the journey of, you know, of making, for many, their first films, but for some, their second and third films. Uh, we're working in fiction and nonfiction. Uh, we are also working in episodic storytelling, and that's a big piece of of the work and support that we're providing. Uh, we're working with artists at, you know, at, at a sense different levels in their careers, and we have a major uh, commitment to inclusion in our work. It's part of the DNA of the Sundance Institute. Our labs are an important piece and, you know, was the be really the beginning of the Sundance Institute when the Institute was founded in 1981, and our labs provide this incredible creative space uh, for discovery, 
for learning, for risk-taking, for community, and we're bringing artists together from all over the world um, to get to develop their, whether it's developing a script, developing their skills as a director, uh, our work in, uh, in, in the nonfiction realm where, you know, we're focused on the editing uh, part of it. Uh, we have film music as part of our work. Um, and then in addition to the work that we're doing in supporting artists year-round, we also have a New Frontier program at the festival, and that's really an opportunity for innovation for incredible immersive experiences that we're developing with artists and it's you know everything that lives beyond the single screen of you know of an experience so these are all the you know the things that we're doing year round with a really specific fo- focus on independent storytelling uh, and developing work um, that will have cultural impact when it gets out into the world and will make meaning in the world which is important to us no, I, I look at the list of filmmakers who have come through, and certainly those are the folks that are kind of the, the, the above-the-line name, those directors that we all sort of know. It's an, a stunning uh, list of folks that you have helped really craft new ways of telling stories. It's quite amazing. But I'm curious about the artist programs. It was part of the original vision of the Sundance Institute, but how do you think that the labs have changed? How has the artist program adapted and changes over these last 41 years? Well, what's, what's interesting is, the, in a sense, the mission, the vision, uh, the ethos, the values of the program haven't changed. Um, what's changed is how we deliver those programs. I think we're just better at it. And we're also making a, a year-long and sometimes longer investment uh, in the artists and the projects that we, that we support. That's something that we couldn't do at the beginning. We've learned. We listen well. Um, and we're... You know, and we follow our artists in terms of what they need going forward. Um, so I, I would say the you know the bigger change is in is in being able to support artists working in different forms and different mediums, which has been a great you know a great way of sort of looking at the you know the media landscape. You know what's you know where are stories being told? How are they being told? Uh, I think you know as I, as I said earlier uh, that. Uh, working with artists from underrepresented, under-resourced communities has always been part of the DNA at Sundance, but we've really stepped it up uh, in terms of the work that we do and, you know, and the selections that we make. Another piece of our offering, which I'm really excited about, is, is you know, we have a, you know, we have a selection process to, you know, to find and identify the artists that we bring to our different labs that we offer. Um, but we also started and launched a program that is available to everyone across the country and globally. We call it Sundance Collab, and it's a digital platform uh, that focuses on learning and community and a real connection to the Sundance Institute, you know, sort of ethos um, of, you know, of, of learning and the kind of work that we can provide. Um, what's also been exciting is is that many of the artists that we've supported at the earliest stage of their work, uh, Ryan Coogler, Paul Thomas Anderson, Marielle Heller, these are our advisors of the future, which is so great because when you know people will ask me like, how do you define success for Sundance? You know, it, it's a you know it's a kind of a circle of of giving back, um, of you know being supported uh, as a storyteller and and often. The Early, you know, an early stage in your career, and then coming back as an advisor, being part of the the learning, 
giving back or giving forward and also being part of this incredibly generous community of artists. You know, one of the other areas that we that we have um, leaned into is our support of producers. And that's really important because films um, don't get made without a, you know, a really strong or made well without a really <laughs> strong producing partner. Uh, so we have leaned into our work in support of producers. We have leaned into our work in support of um, financiers for independent storytelling and started a program called Catalyst, which is about uh, four or five years ago. So we're bringing actual investment, equity investment, and industry investment into films that we're supporting. Um, so we're, we're really looking at the full journey um, that artists need from, you know, from the beginning development of a, a script, um, story idea, um, helping them through uh, attaching a producer, often attaching financing and casting to film if it's a fiction film. It's obviously different with, with nonfiction, working with our artists in post-production uh, creatively, which can be incredibly helpful, offering grants to provide momentum to projects and helping them move forward at key stages. Uh, in their, you know, in in their journey, and then helping them find audiences. Sundance Festival, of course, is you know, it's one of the great places to premiere a film. But there are other festivals as well, um, and you know, and very exciting to see, you know, our our filmmakers, uh, whether they come back to Sundance or whether it's another festival or they're just going out into the world, depending on the distributor that is, you know, that they're connected to, uh, we're also helping them think about how do you put your, you know, put your film, your story out into the world, who is the, you know, who is your targeted and core audience, how can we help and support you in terms of marketing going forward and develop new audiences for independent storytelling. Um, so it's a it's a huge piece of what we do year round, but very focused uh, on the artist and on what they need at specific specific stages of their journey going forward. I'm curious about that uh, this kind of mentorship, this nurturing, the seeming kind of ethic of care that that is so uh, invested in Sundance, and yet it seems in some ways, at least uh, from the outsider view. Uh, kind of to run a, a upstream against what we often think of the entertainment industry, certainly motion pictures, television, et cetera, as being cutthroat, as being all about money, as being all about, you know, homogenization. So I'm wondering, from your perspective, how has Sundance and how have you helped to keep and cultivate this beautiful mentorship, caring community in the midst of a world where money and interests and egos can sometimes overwhelm that ethic? Well, you've got to find the balance. Uh, so the, our labs, the, the work is, is focused, I mean, if it's a director's lab, screenwriter's lab, edit story lab, they're focused on the creative. But we also have, and this was actually a part of our first lab that we did, a producer's uh, conference. Um, we don't do it during the action, you know, the, the director's lab or a screenwriter's lab, but there's an opportunity to also grow and understand the marketplace. I think it's very important for artists to, to, you know, to be able to present themselves, to present their work, um, to, to call attention um, to how they think about themselves as, a, as an artist. So that's also part of the kind of training or skills development that we're interested in. Uh, we're also connecting all of our artists to the industry. 
uh, it's important. You know, Catalyst is a place where we're connecting, you know, artists to to investors. And, um, you know, we are looking always at a culture of care. We, we don't, um, we also understand that it's, you know, making a, making a film and, uh, you know, making the deal to make a film. I mean, all it's, you know, it's, it's an extension of the work. Uh, so, you know, the starting point is development, but you don't want to, you know, for us, we don't want to bring in the, you know, the, you know, sort of the meters ticking, right. you know, who's the audience, uh, how to be successful in the marketplace. We really want to support an artist with a story that only they can tell from their personal perspective um, and really help them with craft. Um, now, once they've crafted uh, that, that script or that film, you know, the festival is providing this extraordinary showcase uh, for this work to be seen by distributors. We're helping them find representation. We're helping them find, uh, you know, find their sales agent, whatever it's going to take to bring, you know, bring, bring their work into, you know, into the audience of a festival. But beyond that, um, get their work in front of audiences um, and consumers. So we're, we're looking at the entire journey, but the focus of the labs, um, for the most part, is going to focus on the creative work. But we're going to connect the creative work to the next part of the journey, um, which, is, which is really important. And the choices that you make, you know, ultimately. Uh, you know, when you're making a, a deal, uh, f- you know, for distribution, what is it that you want? What are the goals that you have for this particular film, for your, you know, your work as an artist at this, you know, at this particular moment um, for you? So it, it's a it's a constant of both, uh, you know, the creative support and then very um, bespoke uh, customized support that we give to artists as they start to enter different stages of their project going forward. Um, and we recognize that, you know, we're living in a business, uh, and, and that's important. And we want the artists to recognize that they're also living in a business and help them navigate that business um, well, for the work that they want to put out into the world. And you've certainly had a tremendous track record. I mean, it, it is stunning, the list of... of, of prominent, innovative directors and, and, and other professionals who've come through the, the, the Sundance Artist Programs. And it seems like there's an enormous amount of loyalty. One thing when we were doing the research for this segment, we, we were struck by how many people just spoke of that experience and of you as having been really instrumental. And so I guess I'm curious about how you create an environment of that kind of loyalty and mentorship so that the future generations want to come back. You know, they, the, the later folks want to come back and help the next folks. And you kind of create this beautiful community. How do you do that? <laughs> well, it's, you know, I, I do it with a lot of other people as well. Um, but I'm, I'm really connected to a culture of generosity. And that's the lab um, for us. And that's the Sundance support that we provide um, to artists. And, you know, and by, you know, we're partners with them. I feel so privileged to support. I mean, yes, we have an, we do have an incredible track record. I don't spend time thinking about that. Uh, but it's the artists that we've supported that I, I so, I mean, it, it, it's the love of my life that I get to do this. So much gratitude for the, you know, for that partnership we can have with artists. And, and we're also setting up a space where people can fail can sure. make mistakes. It's not the end of the world. It's, it's the best learning they can do. I always, you know, I, I will say at the beginning of the lab, your worst 
day at the lab is going to be the best day. That's the day that you've hmm. made a significant discovery or learning that's going to help you as you continue to go go forward uh, with your work. We stay involved uh, with with our fellows um, beyond beyond the labs. They're you know they're coming to you know to help and support. Uh, a next generation of artists, whether it be at our labs as advisors on panels as part of Sundance Collab, that's an important uh, part of it. Uh, but I, I think that they know that we're there for them. We're, you know, we're we're there. And I, I, the other thing I would I would say is we're not prescriptive. I think that's an important thing. We're not saying, you know, people don't come out of Sundance and you know, these are Sundance notes. This is what I have to comply with. Um, what we're offering them is, a, you know, a space to get feedback and to get tough and rigorous feedback. But they get to make their own choices uh, in terms of the work that they're going to do uh, post a lab. Um, so they feel like they have their our support always. Um, I am, you know, today I'll be looking at a. A, a cut of a filmmaker who went, you know, who has, you know, this is a third film that they've made. I'm going to give them feedback on that cut. So it's a constant, and I think people want to feel part of a community. Mm. It's important. Um, it may be more important now than ever, but it's always been important, and that's what Sundance is, creates a family. And we actually ask our film, you know, our filmmakers, our artists, this is the community that you get to build together. This is, you know, not about us. This is about your support system um, that will carry you uh, through the rest of your career as an artist. And I think if you set the tone of this being a, a place that lives its values around generosity, around, you know, allowing a space for creativity and risk-taking, um, that we want to support voices in the world that will have cultural impact, um, that will make meaning in the world, People gravitate to that. They want that mm. and want to be part of it. And you know, and all the people that that work, you know, work with with me that are part of the institute. We love what we do, what we get to do in working with artists, and we know that we, you know, that we are, we can make a difference um, by allowing um, artists to tell the stories that they want to tell, to really bring their voices into the, you know, into the media landscape. Um, and connect with audiences and make change, make a difference um, in this you know complicated world that we live in. No, and certainly Sundance has made a huge difference. So I'm curious. Now, this is going to be a really unfair question, Michelle. So uh, forgive me for this. This is a little like asking you to pick your favorite child. But I'm wondering, out of the the, the many, many success stories that have come through the artist program at Sundance, are there one or two that really were heartwarming that for you, you just said, oh, yes, that made it or that worked and that came together? Just those kind of those things you think about on a dark day when things are hard that just bring a smile to your face and remind you why you do what you do. Oh, now that's a really hard question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in answering that, you know, I, I will I will. I'm going to start with Ryan Coogler mm. and working with him on Fruitvale Station, meeting him uh, for the first time. He was at USC, and this was his first, you know, this was uh, not so his first screenplay, but the first movie that he wrote that got made, and, uh, and just loved, you know, loved yeah. the experience of working with him. I mean, he had so much grace, but also so much passion and commitment to telling you know, telling that story. Uh, but there was a moment that it was at the festival 
uh, where his film screened. This was this was the premiere of, of the film, and you know I remember being in the audience, and 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 people were really devastated uh, by the film. It was very quiet when the when the film ended, and then there was a moment where everyone was on their feet, um, you know, sort of really cheering for Ryan um, and all his whole team and the work that went into making that movie. And I remember um, his, uh, the uncle, his uncle, um, the uncle of, um, of Oscar um, Grant standing up and, mm. and saying, um, thank you for telling this story um, and thank you for bringing complexity uh, to the you know the the story of you know of Oscar and also the story you know of what happened to him and how it affects our world and our family and stuff. So that that was a that was a moment that had tremendous meaning for me. I loved seeing Beasts of the Southern Wild for the mm. first time. Uh, that was in the Eccles Theater. Uh, that was a just a beautiful moment. Again, a moment of you know of of feeling like you're you're there with this incredible these incredible actors this incredible you know sense of innovation and creativity uh and 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 also again humanity that was brought to the storytelling and that was also you know a beautiful screening there are so many um i you know i I can't even start (laughs) even you know even early days meeting paul t anderson when he was in his early 20s he has just done a short film that we showed it at sundance we talked about this the lab and he you know and he said i've you know i've i've got something i've got a screenplay and and watching him on you know on the set um and he was his energy, his enthusiasm for for directing his work with the actors was incredibly infectious. And then loving working with Dee Reese on Pariah, her her first feature, and that feature um, being shown at also at the Sundance Festival, and you know, and her journey um, as an artist in working with you know, and working with actors and the story that she wanted to tell from such a um, a personal lens. That was awesome. I mean, if I can keep talking. So I'll, <laughs> no, I'll and so there, many. But. Just it's it's funny when you're going through those. Each example, I had a little heartwarming moment of of remembering that magical moment when you see a movie that really does something different, that catches you, maybe off guard or a different angle, and really pushes you. But I'm wondering if you could. Think a little bit about the what seem to be changes in the industry broadly, certainly motion pictures, but entertainment in general. A sense that I have that, you know, the bigger getting bigger. So we've got, you know, big, big studios like Disney and Warner Brothers sort of cr- producing these massive blockbuster films, including by Ryan Coogler and other folks from Sundance. Um, mm-hmm. And fewer second-run theaters, fewer independent screens. So I'm wondering from your point of view, how is that changing the industry landscape, changing the space for these kinds of innovative, independent voices? Uh, good question, um, because, you know, as, as you say, the dynamics of, you know, of the industry has, you know, continues to change. Uh, you know, early on, you know, we, we started when Star Wars had just come out, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and and things were absolutely changing in terms of what could be done with special effects and um and these kinds of kinds of stories so you know sundance has has always you know sort of been 
again, listening and partnering um, with the industry in, in different ways. I mean, certainly the Sundance Festival is a, you know, incredible partnership with, you know, with our, you know, with audiences and also with the, with the industry. It's, it's a place to discover, you know, that really is the premier place to discover, you know, films, um, you know, certainly from, you know, from this from this country, from the U.S., but but also um, a place for you know for discovery of international films as well, and um, and the you know the industry will always change, uh, and you know and you'll you know we'll always read something about you know where is you know you know does in the, do we still need independent cinema? <laughs> exactly. Is there still an audience? Uh, for going back to theaters, you know, the streaming companies have, you know, have made it. And certainly during the pandemic, um, you know, the the place where I've watched, I haven't gone to the theater much, mm. although I'm starting to go back to it. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's a place where we consume entertainment and stories and, and stuff. So I, I think as an artist, you have to look at, and I, I think one of the wonderful things that has changed for artists is, is used to be pigeonholed. You only made, you know, in a sense, a feature. So you stayed in that world, or you only made TV. Uh, you know, some people made uh, documentary films, but you couldn't, you know, you couldn't move into um, fiction. So one of the great things in, in terms of the opportunity out there is the opportunity to create work in, you know, in different forms, in different formats, which is something that, that we, we certainly support in our in our work. Um, but we're, you know, we're listening very attentive to how things are, are changing. Uh, we're, you know, we're, you know, this is a year where we're going to, you know, where we know that we are need to take a step back and look at, you know, look at how films are financed and how they're distributed and look at where Sundance can, can partner, you know, and or lead uh, to, you know, to support this industry, to build you know, build the audience for independent films um, and stuff. Um, but we continue to believe that stories make an impact um, and that they're part of the cultural conversation and we need to support them at an early stage and also need to support artists to sustain their work uh, going forward and have to find, you know, help them find, you know, producers sources of financing for their films and also distribution uh, for their films. So it's a different kind of education right now than it was, you know, maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But it, you know, there are things that, that have, haven't changed. And, you know, and I, and I think there's some right-sizing that has to happen in, in the industry. And, and, uh, and it will be interesting to see, you know, how, you know, how, the, world, how the world changes. But we're going to keep up with it. We're not living in a, you know, living in a bubble. I mean, maybe during a lab, we do live in a creative <laughs> bubble. And that's, that's the way it should be. I would never change it. But in terms of, of how we connect our artists um, to uh, a media landscape that is, that is changing, um, we are not, we are looking at it for, you know, for both artists and we're also looking at it for, you know, for the field, the ecosystem itself and where can Sundance um, make a difference, you know, use our advocacy, use our platform uh, to support, you know, support these artists, support, you know, these, you know, also these theaters, the exhibition of, of films and also support the streamers as, as well. 
I think one of the amazing things about the Institute and, and certainly your work and leadership there has been that it is a such a space of innovation, of, of storytelling innovation, of technological innovation, of global innovation, and really trying to expand the space for wider set of stories, which, you know, again, left simply to the industry, things tend to get a little narrow sometimes. But there is Sundance there creating this amazing environment to welcome and encourage and innovate storytelling across multiple meetings and indeed globally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's really important to us. And we, we are uh, ex- expanding in, in, a, in a good way. And I think that also artists are expanding the genres that they're working in. We're seeing more women working in horror. I love that. Um, and, you know, we're partnering with a foundation and company on helping them create a lab uh, for artists that are working in the horror genre. We're really focused right now on comedy as well and working with Kevin Hart's company, mm-hmm. uh, Heartbeat, on a, it's a fellowship for uh, black women uh, comedy writers and supporting them to make, you know, make a short film and also, you know, continue to, you know, to sustain a career um, in comedic storytelling. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, different kinds of partnerships uh, uh, and, and, you know, and, and focused on how we can also expand the definition of what's a Sundance, you know, what is a Sundance film? Uh, you know, it, it really is, you know, to us, it's about an independent voice uh, and a perspective, a lens, a way, an agency in making a movie um, and also, you know, sort of connecting with your, you know, with your, you know, your creative, your creativity um, and the innovation that you want to bring to the world. But certainly, as you say, technology has made enormous changes uh, in how, you know, how we can experience films. Uh, we used to show all of our films at the labs um, on 35 projections. Of course, it's a yeah. whole other thing. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it saves us money, um, but and occasionally we have a director who will say, "No, we're I'm getting you the 35 print. That's how we're going to show my oh, film wow. um, and stuff." So it's uh, you know, and we look at you know, if we look at New Frontier as this incredible space for innovation. Uh, and different kinds of experiences, uh, we, you know, we embrace that as, as well. Well, we are so happy that Sundance and you are leading us into new frontiers globally in terms of storytelling and technology. Uh, Michelle, you've been an amazing guest. Now, as most of our listeners know, uh, at the end of our episodes, we always like to get a little past the professional surface and learn a little more about the pop culture loves and interests of our guests. And Michelle, we do that. Uh, We begin that with a little game we call the Fast Five. So, Michelle, I'm going to ask you five questions, either or choices. Follow your heart. Uh, make your best choice. And, of course, because you are the uh, fairy godmother of independent cinema, these questions will largely be based on independent cinema. Are you ready, Michelle? I am ready. Okay. Go for it. Question number one. If you had to change careers to one inspired by a brilliant film, would it be a fashion designer, as in Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread, or a rapper, as in Rada Blank's The 40-Year-Old Version? I'd go for the rapper. I could see that. I think I think you could drop, I think you could drop some sick beats, Michelle. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of that. Question number two for you: Which do you think is less likely to be developed at the next next Sundance Labs, the next installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the next sequel to the Fast and Furious? 
<laughs> That's an interesting question. Uh, I would I would probably say which is the one that we would. Uh, most support, I would say the Marvel film. We have so many directors working on Marvel films right now that have come out of independent film and are bringing real character work and storytelling to to Marvel. So, sure, why not? I like it. Create I think, worlds, which I is think, a really exciting place to be. Absolutely, absolutely. I look forward to seeing that. And you're absolutely right. So question number three for you, Michelle. If you could sit down and have a cup of coffee with one past iconic director, would you choose Alfred Hitchcock or Howard Hawks? Oh, interesting. Um, I'm going to go for Hitchcock. I think it'd be interesting and you'd kind of wonder what was going to happen next, I think. Question number four for you, Michelle. (laughs) What's he going to do next? Yeah, be kind of uncomfortable, but that's what makes me interested in that. So question number four for you, Michelle. Which Quentin Tarantino film would you rather be trapped in for the rest of your life? The Hateful Eight or Kill Bill? Wow. Um, I'm going to say Kill Bill. Seems, seems It's more modern. I guess that's a good choice. So finally, uh, question number five for you, Michelle. Looking far into the distant future, do you think Sundance will A, have storytelling labs led by artificial intelligence, or B, host a film festival on Mars? <laughs> um, well, I'm very interested in AI, um, but not, not to host a festival. Um, although, you never know. Um, a festival at Mars, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty crazy thing. But we're talking about future. Um, you never know. Is there life on Mars? There once was. Um, so There may have been films know. on Mars. We may actually find canisters of 35 millimeter there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to go for Mars. I like your choice. Uh, Michelle, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you for playing the Fast Five. And so finally, I have to ask you, what are you loving? What are you listening to, binging, reading? What is in your pop culture Rolodex? Well, I just saw, it was so great to go back to the theater, and I just saw everything everywhere all at once. Uh, We supported the Daniels on Swiss Army Man. It Mm. was fantastic to see this this film, and especially seeing it in the theater. Uh, So I am... I am all for that film. Um, I think a film that's coming out that, that people should absolutely see, I saw it at the festival, is called Navani. It's about um, Alexei Navani um, and coming back uh, to Russia, um, the opposition leader, and right. it's an extraordinary documentary. Um, and then one on the other side of it, which is very different, is happening. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, at possibly... I hope not the end of reproductive rights. Mm. Um, I think it's really important to see this film. It takes place in France in 1963, and it's about a, a young woman um, seeking an abortion when it was illegal. I highly recommend uh, those films. I'm trying to think of, of with, a, with a book. Um, I'm just reading, um, and it's not necessarily new, newish, Clara and the Sun, which is oh, Kazuo uh, Ishigora's uh, uh, new, new novel. Uh, if you're in L.A., I'm going to tell you the thing that I just loved was this is an art show at the uh, MoCA uh, Geffen Contemporary. The artist is from Switzerland. Her name is Pipilotti Rist. Uh, and the name of the show, which I love, is Big Heartedness, Be My Neighbor. Oh. Uh, it is an incredible, incredible show and installation and experience. And I also loved Pachinko 
highly, highly recommend. I'm watching Tehran, uh, the series. Uh, it's on also Apple's TV+. Plus. Uh, it is so tense, but it is so incredibly well done. And for comedy, uh, watching Hacks. So that's some of the stuff. And in terms of, you know, just a song that, that moves me um, and I love is it's, um, and this is Andre Day singing it called Rise Up. Um, that, you know, that, that is, gives me such inspiration um, to continue to do the work that I do. Well, you are an inspiration, Michelle. Thank you for these amazing suggestions for all of this great insight into the Sundance Institute. And I hope our listeners will join me in just a few weeks for the second part of our series on Sundance when we chat with Adam Perone, who was recently appointed as the Director of Indigenous Programs at the Institute. And as a reminder, if you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, reach out to us on social media. We are at WAER on both Twitter and Instagram. I will see you all next time. Thanks for listening to Pop Life, a production of WAER, Syracuse Public Media. You can find archived episodes at WAER.org. And don't forget to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen for automatic delivery of new episodes. Thank you.